Welcome, friend, to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I'm Angie Bauman, and this is episode 111, Aftermath. And with me today is my new ministry friend, Adrienne Taylor. Adrienne lived through what many of us fear. Her suspicions about her husband's infidelity were confirmed, and Adrienne found herself on her own with three young boys. Almost overnight, she became their primary caregiver and provider. Those were lonely, scary years for Adrienne, years where hard work often wasn't enough to make ends meet. And as I listened to her share pieces of her story, I thought about how we all walk through difficult seasons, really difficult seasons. Adrienne learned, and I have learned, and I hope that maybe through something you have learned, that figuring out ways to hold tight to the promises of God during those emotionally grueling days and weeks and months and even years sometimes is the only thing that helps us move from that low place we find ourselves to higher, more stable ground. The verse for this episode comes from Isaiah 55. It's the first statement in verse 9. This is it in the NIV. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Now, it doesn't fix things to say that God is working in ways we cannot see. It's true, but it doesn't fix it, I know. Sometimes it's hard to hear even when the only thing we really want is for the reality before us not to be our reality. But as Jesus followers, it's so important to remember that God in his wisdom, while often not celebrating all that we've found ourselves in, is still using it and working it together for a good that there's no way for us to see. I think you'll love listening to Adrienne. The time I spent with her seemed to be over before it even began. And I think you'll be as drawn into her heart and her life and her story as I was. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome into this podcast episode. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is my fairly new ministry friend, Adrienne Taylor. Adrienne, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you. We've chatted, and I, know. I yeah, I mean, like, I know we're new friends, but but feel like we were fast friends. Yes, connected <laughs> friends. And I yes. was on Adrienne's podcast um, mm-hmm. a few months back, and I'm going to link mm-hmm. that uh, episode in this, yes. in the show notes today, because I had just such a great time visiting with you then. And, and I'm so looking forward to hearing you've yeah. heard more pieces of my story than I have yep. heard of yours. And so well, I'm, and I'm, I'm still learning from that. yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pull I'm out like, my notes and I'm like, Oh, oh. do these steps, Adrian. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting to know you better through this today. Right. Adrienne is the mom of five boys. I can just pause right there, right? Like yep. you're a mom of five boys and a Bible yep. teacher. Your podcast is the relentless boy mom podcast. Mm-hmm. And I like this. I want to ask you about this. I got this yeah. from your website. Your mission is to help moms like yourself Mm-hmm. who want to be the best mom ever while constantly feeling like they're their absolute worst, yeah. like the worst version of ourselves, right? Like yeah. we want to do it differently. It reminds me of what Paul writes. So, you know, but, I, yeah. I do the thing, That's and did, did we talk about this before? I do the no. thing I don't want to do, and I don't do the thing yeah. I want to do. Um, why, why is that such a passion of yours to help moms in that space? Because that's where I am (laughs) and I'm working through it constantly. Like I am never done working and my whole 
premise, the whole reason I even started a podcast was because knowing who I was as a young mom and just how I let the weight of the world, how I let comparison, how I let me feeling guilty that I was never doing enough. I let that rule my life for a long time, my parenting, my being a mom. And I didn't just stop and enjoy my children when they were younger. And so I spent so much time just watching everybody else and what they were doing and what their kids were doing. And I just don't want to waste time anymore. And I don't want other moms to waste time. And so I feel like God has allowed me to go through a lot of things because he also gave me a gift of talking. And so he's like, okay, Adrian, now is your time to use the things that you have been through that I've allowed to happen in your life. And now I want you to use that to help the mom, like speak to you 20 years ago, which that is so weird to say. First of all, I know oh my word speaking <laughs> to me 20 years ago, 20. was I born? <laughs> I know we're still just 20, right? right? Yeah. I'm speaking to the baby Adrienne and just letting her know, but you know, yeah. so just really a lot of times I speak to myself and picturing me as mm. that young mom and just saying, you can do it, follow your gut. And, you know, relentless is just a huge, my aunt was actually the one who was like, I feel like this is your word. Like you have not stopped being relentless in learning in your own life. But then even, I mean, I didn't set out to have five boys, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, staying relentless and my love for them being true to myself, being true to them and helping them be true to themselves. So yeah, kind of a. I love it. I told you, I give you long answers. I love it. No, I love it. It helps us see your heart and what, you know, your passion for sharing some of the things that you've learned and are learning. You know, I think that's one of the things that I, I am learning and continue to learn is how it's okay to share what you're learning while you're learning and to just say, you know, we're, we're just kind of, yeah. I call myself, uh, you know, rather, rather than like a, I don't know, a mentor guy. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm a player coach, you know, like I'm just <laughs> I'm like, walking I'm, alongside I'm in with... it with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you talk a lot about parenting and how to nurture our children while we acknowledge embrace even our imperfect stories. And so mm-hmm. will you tell us just a little bit about what that story, what that timeline has been like for you about your first marriage and how it ended and, and how that affected you as a, as a woman and as a mother? Well, I never envisioned myself sitting here, you know, when you're going through something, sure. it feels like the darkest time. And, you know, besides losing a ton of weight right away, I could not eat. I could not, I guess I'll tell you why. <laughs> Instead of going through, but you know, yeah, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I just went walking all the time. I filled my mind with music and reading God's word. And, um, we had three boys, um, and they, the first two were pretty close in age. They were 14 months apart. Again, did not plan that. I did not plan a lot of my life. I kind (laughs) of just flew by the seat of my pants. Um, and then had my youngest son, you know, with my ex-husband. Um, so I had the three boys and we worked in ministry at church. And all of a sudden I just started noticing something is not right. And I went to people and, and said, something isn't right in my marriage. And everyone's like, he's a great guy. 
don't like, you're just reading into things. Nobody listened to me. Nobody believed me. Everybody just kept saying, just, you know, cook more meals and be more ready for him and be more uh, available for anything. So I even stepped back, like we played soccer together. And so I just allowed him to do all these things by himself while I took care of the boys. Cause I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I'll stay at home. You go do whatever. And as time passed, it just kept getting worse and worse. And that feeling in your gut, you know, when something is just, there is something not right. And I tried praying about it. I tried talking to other people. I just, I didn't even know what to do. I was kind of like, you know, that like clapping monkey, like, I don't know what to do walking in circles. And we were supposed to spend spring break together. We were going to send the three boys to my mom's house and he and I were going to spend some time and kind of just let's work through our marriage and still working in the youth group at the time. And, um, before the trip, he just said, you know, I think you should go with the boys. I need time by myself away from you. And I was like, Hmm, that's weird. Yes. <laughs> so I went and I shared with my mom and a couple of my sisters and they immediately were like, no, something's not right. Um, you know, I had some fears that he was growing too close to someone in the youth group. And again, everyone's like, no, he's a great leader. He's just trying to help someone who doesn't have a good father figure. So then I felt guilty all this time. Like here he is trying to be in ministry and I'm holding him back. Right. I'm, you know, I should pray for him more. I should pray for this girl more. Like if I would even bring up to him, like, I feel like you're kind of too close to that girl. He would be like, that is so rude. You need to pray for her. I would call her and be like, I'm sorry that I didn't reach out to you more at church. How can I pray for you? Do you want to come spend the night and we'll have a girl's night and hang out? And um, my mom gave me the book by Stormy Omardian, The Power of a Praying Wife. Yeah. And she said, start praying this, but just be prepared. You never know what is going to happen through the power of prayer. And up until that time, I did not know what can happen by praying and just emptying yourself before God and being like, God, whatever, whatever is happening. What, and again, I just thought, you know, change me. The first chapter is make me a better wife. And I gave it all to God, like whatever you want me to do, whatever you're asking of me, I am going to do this. And then the, one of the next chapters was praying about his job. And he called me that day and was like, I was just fired. Like it was my fault. I wasn't even there. I'm far away from you. <laughs> he was fight Like everything that started happening was like, Oh, okay. So I went home prepared to be a better wife prepared to, you know, so he went to play soccer. I woke the boys up from the nap and I'm like, no, I'm going to start this now. I am going to be a better wife right now. I'm going to go support him. Went up to the field and no one was there. And I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> so I started oh, calling no. people and he had left with the girl who I was nervous about. Um, so I started doing digging and this is back before everything is right on your phone and laptop. You kind of had to, you know, turn on your computer and it made that like <laughs> sound. And I called a friend and we started digging through, um, previous emails that were sent, you know, now it's right on our homepage back then you had to dig for it. And I started finding emails that led me to know without a doubt that they had been having an affair for quite a while. And even during our anniversary, he would email her and say, you know, we have to do this. We've been doing it our whole marriage, but I'm thinking about you the whole time. And I'm like, oh, my word. um, oh, so Adrian. needless to say, um, 
it did not, I mean, I, we went through counseling. I tried to make it work. I tried to stay. And the lawyer that I saw um, was a believer. And the thing that he provided me with was encouragement, but he just said, you know, you need to put a roadblock up instead of just saying, I quit. I'm not, you know, marriages can be saved. Marriages can be salvaged even, you know, in the worst of circumstances. And so he said, put up a roadblock and say, if you see her again, I'm going to get a lawyer. If you see her again, I'm going to file for divorce. If you see her again, I'm and so it was just, and sure enough, it just led to my boys and I moving two and a half hours away, um, with my family and, um, you know, so pulling my boys from the home they had ever known and the life that they had ever lived. I mean, everything in a moment, I mean, they had no idea. They went on spring break and came home and all of a sudden their life's upside down. And, um, so that's, yeah. where we, you know, that's where that began. So and what were some of those, I would call like those heavy feelings, like right in that moment, like when you're like, this is really happening to me, what, what, what are some of the emotions? How would you describe that? What you were, um, I remember lying on my couch, staring at the corner of yeah. the living room wall. And just, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Like, God, where are you? I, I thought I, I'm praying and I gave everything over to you, it was supposed to end in a good way because isn't every time you pray, it's supposed to just, you know, be, be like a genie in a bottle and it just goes the way that you think. And his ways are so far above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. And is that Jeremiah 29, 11? And he just, he knows way more than we know. Um, I went and got my photo albums and any picture that she was in, got it, ripped it up. So there is no <laughs> memory of her in my photo albums. Um, I mean, they did end up getting married and they're still together. Um, and it took a long time to work through that. But, and, and that at that moment, I just, the only thing that kept me going, honestly, my boys. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to get up for them. I had to get them to school. I had to make them breakfast and make sure that no matter how I was feeling inside, they had a happy life, no matter what was happening inside of me and how much I just wanted to lay on the floor and cry. I was going to be the best that I could for them. And there were tons of things that happened in those times before we actually moved out. I would, you know, be with them at school and all of a sudden get this feeling like, <clears throat> I'm just feeling kind of weird. And so I would leave and find him with her or it just, you know, all of this. So it just, it didn't end just because I prayed didn't mean that it ended, but it didn't mean that God left me at all because I didn't sleep and I would have a friend come over and she would read, um, the Bible to me until wow. I would fall asleep. Um, I made again, this is dating me, but I made, um, I burned a CD and just played all the songs like worship songs, even songs that of people crying out to God, like why, um, you know, help me. I mean, is it that, you know, David in the Psalms, there's lots of God, you're amazing. But then there's also a lot of like, God, why, why is this happening? Yeah. Why? And, and where are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I had a mixture of that. And so filling my mind with scripture and I studied the book of James and I still have my Bible from that time. I don't 
read it and carry it around um, because I would write in it and put dates. And I feel like that's something that I want to give my boys later on um, is what was God saying to me at that time? How did God heal? How did God help? How was God letting me know every single day? Like, you know, my mom said, you know, Adrian, get through the second. And then the second will turn into this next minute. And then this next minute will be this next hour. And before you know it, now it's 19 years later, you know, in the moment, it feels like it just drags on and I was never going to get through it. And I was never the only one, I, I say the only thing, but the only thing there's lots of only things, but besides my boys and God, people really surrounded me. But then part of me knew that I was going to use my voice. God has given me the gift of gab and of talking. And he, I knew that he was going to let me use this to help other people. So how can I get through this so that I can help someone else? And so lots of feelings, lots of emotions, lots of up and down one minute, you'd feel okay. And then the next minute, like, I just want to die. Like, please, God, let this be my time that you're calling me to heaven because I cannot do it one more second. So, and so you were single mom of these three boys for six years, right? Is that, do I have that right? And so how did that change? Cause I know now you have a very different sort of approach to parenting, yeah. if you will. And mm-hmm. I would think that this difficult season brought some of that change yeah. about, would you talk about that just for a little bit? What was that like that journey of being on your own with your boys for those years and how that changed you? Oddly enough, I became so strong as a mom. That was, it was almost like that moment was like, no one is hurting my boys. Nobody is going to touch my boys. Nobody is going to tell them that they are worthless because that's how I was led to believe, you know, the, the affair was my fault. If I was not a good enough, what, you know, if I was a better wife, if I would have listened more, if my personality was different, if I hadn't gained so much weight being pregnant, you know, all of these things, the affair ended up being my fault. And I was not going to let my boys ever be made to feel like that. Not that I have not done that, but that was what I set out to do is that I wanted them to have a wonderful life. I wanted them to feel fulfilled and happy and look back. And so we joined a different church community and I, I joined a singles group, but I let them know right away. I am not here to meet anyone. I am here because I want to find friends, but I want men, mentors, godly men who can come alongside my boys and be encouraging to them. A lot of people had given me parenting books and being a single mom books and nothing against them, but they all talked about the, how important it was for the father to be in the home and how, you know, these boys need men, um, to grow up and, 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 and be men themselves and fathers and husbands. And I remember sitting, I, we had taken a trip to Tennessee and I just like, I, I felt so helpless and hopeless that it is not my choice that my boys don't have a father in the home and that he's choosing to not be a part of their life right now. I mean, now he is, but at the time he wasn't. So how is like, so now my boys are going to end up in jail because they don't have a father. So I set out to, I mean, I learned all the sports. We watched every sporting event. I, I mean, I was, I I love being girly. I love makeup and doing my hair and dressing up and pink and all that, but I can get down and dirty. I played sports and we just, 
we did everything that we could. They never missed any sporting event. They were involved in school and Cub Scouts and all of that. And then the church, you know, the, the group, there were just some amazing men who stepped up and would take them to baseball games and um, monster truck shows and things like that and just let them get dirty. And, but then my, like you were, your question also was I changed because things that mattered a year ago didn't matter anymore. Like did their clothes match? I don't care. Are they dirty? I mean, yeah, not going to bed, but yeah. I mean, sometimes they did go to bed dirty. Okay. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we just keep it real but, here. Yeah. So were they happy? Yeah. That was my thing. Were they surrounded by people who loved God and loved them? And were they happy mm-hmm. instead of what is everyone else doing at the end? I was the only mom in our group. So I didn't have anyone to compare to anymore because I, I had just put blinders on and it was just my boys. This is what, I mean, there was even one Christmas where we had stayed before we moved into our first apartment and we were living in a friend's basement, the three boys and myself on a twin or a double mattress. And it was the best Christmas ever. The four of us every night, we'd go down in her basement and we'd watch Christmas movies. And I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job at the time. I was, you know, trying to find a job and trying to find some money and trying to do the best I could. And that was an amazing time because it was just us. And, and I learned that it didn't take a ton of stuff. They just needed me. So our oldest is about to turn 18. And for years, probably the whole time we, I've been a mom from time to time, my husband will say to me, you know, you're a good mom. And I, and I will say why, like, you know, like why, and, um, and just the last few years as the Lord has done such a work on my heart, I, I believe him because he says, he says, because your boys know they are safe and loved here. They know that. And I, and I, I hear that in what you're saying in that, like at some point through this, like parenting refining process, if you will, I think I've come to understand what it means to be a good mom. And it's not some of the things that we think maybe early on, or we think yeah. when we're more insecure or something like that about clothes that match what the world, and what the world tells, tells us. us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I'm so grateful for that learning. I wish I'd have learned it earlier, but, yeah. um, but I know it now. And I know that the and, most important we things, we, we yeah. don't need to mm-hmm. stop learning. Right, Even right, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. We start to fall back into that because sometimes, you know, my boys will sit around and they'll talk about, you know, how poor we were. And we lived in a very wealthy town, the job that I got, <laughs> We were like the bottom half percent of this town, but it was amazing. But I felt so there were no single parents and we lived in a two bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. and surrounded by mansions. And when Mm -hmm. I say mansions, I am not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. They are mansions. And so I felt so inadequate, but I just still did the best I could. But now sometimes they'll bring up things like, oh, remember when blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'll leave the room and I already talked to you about slamming doors. I'm very good at that. And I'll cry in my room. And I, I take Mm. one of my boys out each week. And so, um, two nights ago was the third son. So he was a baby when we left and he was like, you know, mom, we joke with you a lot about how things were not because we are bringing it to you from a place of like, we hated our life, but because we can joke about it because you gave us a good life. And we're in, Mm. we're in the grocery store and I'm like, I can't cry right now. Why are you bringing this up now? But that is how they look at it. That we can joke with you about not having money and you making us Mm -hmm. finish cereal when the milk was spoiled. And I did do that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because they wasted food all the time. <laughs> or like now right. they'll be like, we can eat a whole box of cereal if we want, because we buy it ourselves. Whereas I had a rule, one piece of toast, one box of cereal or one bowl of cereal, you know, because everything we went to food banks and, you know, had a yeah. bridge card and all of that. And now they just look at it as we see how hard you worked. Right. Like we're not looking back like, oh, look at our mom. We were so poor and we were in that but- for us. There's such a choice, right? Because you can re- you can look at it with shame. You know, this was the time that I'm like ashamed of, or you can really hear them celebrating yeah. mom. You did this for us. Like yeah. you, you know, you, de- you were determined to take no, well, you're you're had. <laughs> no, I mean, well, yeah. I hope I, you know, in the best yeah. way, I hope that's true because you took what you had and decided, um, this is not this, this doesn't get to win, right? We are going to stay together. We are going to make this work. And uh, there's a day coming that it won't be this hard. Yeah. And, uh, and they, I, I, I can just in the little bit, you're telling me about them. I know they see that in you, what a gift yeah. you've given them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just, I feel like as you are saying that, and we're talking about me, yes, but there's someone listening who is feeling like I am not giving my children or I did not give my children what I wanted to, what I dreamed. I mean, when we get married and have kids, we don't, or even when we're little and we're dreaming of our lives, we're not dreaming about divorce and, you know, debt and not having money and going to food banks. We're, we're picturing traveling and sitting on the beach and everything is fun and games. And then it's not. And you are saying these encouraging things to me, but I want to say the encouraging Mm -hmm. things to your listener who's sitting there, who is like, well, you know, that's great that she's talking about it now, but I'm in it now. And I was there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here saying you are there now, but you can be here because we just, our kids just want us. us. They do not want all the things they want us. And one day your kid is going to look at you and say, you know what? We can joke about how poor we were. We can joke about our two bedroom apartment that leaked. We can joke about the van that broke down all the things, but when it's all said and done, we can joke about it because we had a good life because we laughed a lot because we We were still safe and loved in you because you created that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I think that's just so beautifully so beautifully said. I want to circle back to something you said a little bit ago, because you talked about feeling like the affair was your fault and hearing those voices. And I wanted to ask you, are those voices that you actually heard? Were people telling you that was your ex-husband telling you that was that more the voice in your head that was telling you if you had been better, this wouldn't have happened. I'm just wondering what that was like for you. No, he, he said that it, it's um, your fault. Those were, mm-hmm. Yes. Those yeah. were things that I actually heard, but mm-hmm. then your mind runs with, that. of course, yeah. <clears throat> then your mind and uh, the I enemy mean, has a field day with that kind of yeah declaration. So mm-hmm. the, the, the enemy is so good at taking mm-hmm. something and spinning it. And then, I mean, I'm going to be honest that, I mean, this is 19 years later, sometimes he will take something, you know, my husband now, you know, I'm remarried. We have two more boys. So you know, just because, you know, I thought, well, maybe now I'll get my girl. <clears throat> no. So still, and you wouldn't boys, have it any other way. I know, but no, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but sometimes he will, and he's so kind and loving, like, but there's something, you know, the devil will just take something he says, be like, Ooh, does that mean, you know, and he'll take it. And so there's still those little triggers, you know, and yes. you really helped me with I, those, but I know all about those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, there are still things. And so always being mindful and yes, I, heard those things. And then I took those things that he had said of, 
you know, if I would have been, or I should have been, or, you know, whatever. I mean, his dad even said like, I feel like this is my fault because you just didn't, you don't fit in with our family. You're outspoken. And you, you know, I kind of always hoped he would find someone different than you, but I didn't know he'd go about it in this way. And I'm like, well, now you just let him know that (laughs) what he did is okay. So, you know, just all of that surrounding a person who has already broken, it took a lot. I went through divorce care twice (laughs) because I went through it. And then I was like, that was good, but I'm going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then I, you know, even started working at a church and just surrounding myself with positive things. And, you know, when we go looking for the negative, we're going to find it. When we go looking for the positive, we're going to find it. And so I make a daily choice. I mean, sometimes again, keeping it real, sometimes I'll wake up and journal like, I know what I'm supposed to think right now. And I'm just not going to, I'm going to wallow in my self-pity. I am going to wallow in this negative self-talk. And I know in an hour I'll be like, Adrienne, that's so dumb. Stop. But sometimes I sit in it and then I make the conscious decision that this is not from God. Things that have been said to me, people who have rejected me because of how God created me or how I am, you know, it just, I'm choosing to, and here's the verse. I know that we already talked about. I, so a verse that I've been clinging to a yes. lot lately is Tell me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me Come all, to me. <laughs> yep, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Love and it. it doesn't, doesn't just mean, you know, I don't sleep well at night. Like, Oh, I'm just so tired. But I feel like as moms, as women, as human beings, we carry the weight of the world. We carry the weight of our family, of our children, of our jobs, of our finances, of, of all the things of even things that are going on in the world or whatever. We carry that weight. And God is like, Um, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is mine. I am strong enough and I want you to find rest. Give me your burden, like take off that big, huge backpack you're wearing. And, and I will like picture him taking that from me and, and I have to give it to him every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Cause sometimes I want to take it back and be like, let me worry about it for another second. Let me think about, you know, so yeah. I love that verse lately and I write yeah. it in my journal often and just as a reminder and you know mm-hmm. I don't put things up in my bathroom because if I put you know people are like oh I I put verses on my bathroom mirror then it just becomes a part of the motif I stop and then I don't it. look at it. I yeah. stop seeing so it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have to look at it. I have yeah. to rewrite it. I have to you know I'll like screenshot verses. I like the Bible app. So I'll screenshot verses and then sometimes when I'm going through my phone I'll be like oh I don't remember that verse or, you know, like this fits again today. Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. I appreciate that tip. I like that screenshotting the verses. I'm always looking for and sharing practical things. How do we keep it in us all the time? Yeah, Because then when you're scrolling through, then all of a sudden the verse pops up and it could be from last year. And you're like, Oh, I need to hear that again right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how often, um, somebody tells you this, Adrienne, and I, I acknowledge in the fact that we are all imperfect in our wifeness and in our marriage and all that. But I just want to say out loud, it was not your fault. I just want to say that out loud. Um, because we all struggle with that. We, we struggle and we carry that. And for every little thing that the enemy says to you and to you, my friend that are listening, um, if you had just done this one little thing differently, you know, whatever, that's just a lie. It's a lie. So, um, I just want to encourage you with that, but Thank you. so 
before I let you go, I could talk to you all day. I could talk <laughs> I to you all day and you I have know. shared. Thank you. I, I just want to say thank you. You have opened yourself up in a very vulnerable way to us today. And we're better for it because we can see both your pain and your trust. And we are encouraged in our trust because you trusted him in your pain. Um, and so we just, I just really want to thank you for that and honor, uh, honor that. And I also want to ask you, because I love to share resources. You talked to me about Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. I love that. But is there anything else right now that you're studying, reading, listening to, uh, practicing anything that's just, I don't know, reminding you, like you said, uh, reminding you and keeping you close to God? So I, like I said, I love the Bible app and they have lots of different d- daily devotions that you can do. And I, sometimes I'm like, why did I decide to do five in one day, but they're short little <laughs> things. And so I'd like set myself up. And so I wake up in the morning and I drink some warm lemon water. And then I drink coffee before I even wake up. My boys love sleeping in. And I am so thankful Jesus that they do, because then I can have some quiet time and just sit out here and just read and journal. I love journaling. Um, okay. So I have a book that was, I have books all over the place. <laughs> I um, love it. There is a book. Oh, maybe I'll send it to you that you can put in the show notes. And yeah. it's about um, raising our boys. And so one of the books is by John Eldridge. And this is something that someone recommended years ago, instead of reading, you know, how to be a better mom, and you need a man in the house, like what if there's not and so um, it was by John Eldridge. And it just slipped my mind. I'm going to have okay. to look at it. I'm sorry, listeners. No, I'll look <laughs> it up. I, we'll um, find it. It'll be in the show notes. Well, yes. and it's talking about just, you know, our, our boys want to be warriors. And so, um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's right there. So I apologize. We'll put it in the show notes. It'll yes, we there. will. It'll it's be a there. great resource. And it even like I reread it every few years because mm-hmm. it just helps me reconnect with my boys and even my husband. Um, And then the other one is the prayer box, which I had gotten a gift from my soon to be daughter-in-law. And the thing that stuck out to me is, you know, the person in the book, it's a fiction book, but Wingate, is that Lisa Wingate? Do I have the right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And Uh she keeps a, you know, the character in the book has kept a prayer box and she writes little snippets of prayer. And so if you are starting your own prayer box and I use this for journaling, um, but the important part in a world of fractured thoughts, hurried moments and scattershot prayers is to take the time to think through, to write down, to clarify in your own mind, the things you're asking for, the things you're grateful for, the things you're troubled about, the hopes you've been nurturing, and then put them in the box and let them go. Mm -hmm. Going back to the verse of, you know, giving God everything and just letting him carry that burden. And so that I just, I highlighted that and put a sticky note. Um, and then I'll send you the other book, um, about connecting with our boys and, and is it wild at heart? Wild at heart. That's the John Eldridge one. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I knew that was it. And that's what helped me. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is what helped me. Just let my boys be dirty. Let my boys run around, let them be active all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, they go to school and they're told to sit, sit, you know, sit crisscross applesauce. But when they were with me, like they just ran around, they were dirty, they were sweaty, and they just had so much fun being outside. And just sometimes I would just tell them like, oh, you are so wild and crazy. And they would love that. And then the other one is respect. Um, respect. I'm going to have to send this one to you. I should have set it out. Um, but it's just talking about how, like, as women, we crave love, but as men, no matter what age they, they crave respect. And so how can we 
communicate with our boys? How can we, you know, even our husbands, but how can we communicate with them at any age? I mean, I have two boys who are out of the home, one on his way out. And so does that mean that I'm like, my parenting is done or that I'm not connecting with them? No. Like I am still, we talk every day. We go on our date nights. If there's something that comes to my mind, I'm like, okay, we need to talk, but I want to do it in a respectful way. So I will send you that one because that is also amazing. And just living in without regret from the past, because I can look back and, and let those moments of, you know, comparison when I was a young mom, um, being poor as a single mom, I can let the, you know, when they're high school years yelling at them too much, I can let all of those things cloud my mind. Or I can say today is a new day and I'm going to hang out with my children. I'm going to, you know, get on the floor and play games with them. I work out at the gym with my older three boys and, you know, just finding ways to connect with them that it is never too late. I'm not going to live in the guilt from the past. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to live in the moment. And, you know, like I told you, I'm 45. If my mom called me today and said, let's reconnect, let's have a relationship. Heck yeah. So I always keep that in my mind that my boys are 25, almost 26. I've been a mom for almost 26 years. I'm not <laughs> old enough to be a mom. No, no you're years. not. Cause we're still 20. We, yes. Didn't we cover so. this already? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, I just tease it. No, I think that's great. I really, I think that's fantastic. No. And I think it's really important again, to remember what you said earlier is mostly they want us and it, in, in our imperfection, you know, when we, when we feel like we've done it wrong, this is, it took me a while to learn this, but I'm a, I'm just such a firm believer in it. When I feel like I've done something wrong, I, I, I made an error in judgment. I, I led them wrong. I said no. And I should have said yes or something. It's okay to circle back to that and say, I'd like to try this again. Yeah. Can we try again? Because yeah. I, I, I think I did this wrong and I'm sorry. Yeah. And they're, they appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. They don't, I, from my, in my experience anyway, that, so, that builds trust between me and yeah. my children, you know, where they're like, okay, mom really wants to do what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she acknowledges that her first reaction or something to something wasn't it, you know, that wasn't it, yeah. but um, yeah. So you are so encouraging and we're so grateful that you've spent this time with us today, Adrienne, and I will link. Yes, you are welcome. Adrienne's podcast is the relentless boy mom podcast, and it's more about relentless than parenting boys. And so I encourage you to take a listen. All moms are welcome here. All moms. (laughs) It's it's a, it's a great show and I will link it and where to follow her and her website and all that kind of good stuff in the show notes today. And also the the episode we were together on her show, I'll link all that and resources. (laughs) And I had a great time. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you again for being here with us today. And thank you listener for uh, sharing this time with us. And until next time, peace. I'm so grateful for Adrienne sharing that little piece of advice that her mom gave her that turned out to be not so little at all, where she told her that sometimes you just have to get through this second, right? And then the second turns into a moment. The moment turns into an hour. The hour turns into a day. And someday it will be 19 years as it has been for Adrienne since that terrible thing that happened, happened. And while there will always be probably a tender spot around it, we will no longer be bleeding out. And so we thank you, Adrienne, for that essential reminder. Isaiah 55, 9, again, this time from the message paraphrase. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. Next week, my guest will be pastor and author Scott Lapierre. 
He will be with us to talk about enduring trials and suffering and how we actually can take steps to walk in joy, even in challenging circumstances. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second to do so, and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.